0: Hello and welcome to Grow A Soul. I'm Kate Ferris, a coach, writer, hiker and recovering high achiever and this is a work in life podcast. Join me for discussions and musings about how our work can be a small and magical part of a bigger, more meaningful life. So come on in, get comfy, and let's begin. Hello and welcome back grow a soul. Today is a Q&A episode with questions around longing and curiosity and what to do when things feel impossible. We have questions about getting started when things feel out of reach, openness, the hard in between, what to do when work is all consuming and how to stop going after the new and shiny things. As I was writing the responses to these questions and points, I kept thinking, the first step goes into this and the first step is really going to be useful for this person. So the first step is a free offering of a 10-minute podcast style audio and a 10-page workbook all about using those sticky and uncomfortable feelings around making change and turning them into actions and certainties. So if you haven't already signed up to get it, you can do so at simpleandseason.com forward slash sign up, or if you have downloaded it, but you haven't opened it yet, take this as your site. So let's get started with our first question. And this was, can you talk about longing for a thing that feels out of reach and how to make it feel possible? So possibility, is in your perception. I, I don't want to belittle the hopelessness and the frustration that you're feeling, but also it is possible. It just might not be possible in the really easy and immediate way you would like it to be. If we remove impatience and expectation from the equation, then possibilities really open up. So, for example, this is like me with my book. It feels impossible if I say, I want to get a book deal by the end of the year because there is just not enough time to repitch it to agents and to start writing more widely and, you know, get like 100,000 Instagram followers. So it feels really out of reach and like I'm never going to get there. But if I say... I want to get a book deal at some point in the next five years. Weirdly, that feels closer than aiming for the end of the year. The steps to get there reveal themselves. I can see how a plan can form. I can see what I need to do and how much time it will really take. When I remove my impatience and my arbitrary expectation based on that impatience the impossible becomes possible. And this goes back to what Sasha was saying two episodes ago, it's the trade-off of willingness. What you are and aren't willing to do, and how your expectations must adjust accordingly. And here I think this question intersects with another one I received, which was, I have big dreams, but how do I even get started? And so even when things feel big, even when they feel out of reach and impossible. Do something. I have always said that the only difference between the people who are doing what they want and the people who aren't is that the people who are doing it are just doing it. Don't give yourself time to overthink what to do or make the perfect plan or have the perfect first step. Just do the first thing that comes into your head. This is the equivalent of kind of scribbling out the first page of the journal or like block colouring in the canvas. Make any kind of messy start so that you don't have to worry about starting anymore. What can you do in 10 minutes, 20 minutes after you finish this episode? And then do that. When our dreams are so big and so meaningful, we have to disconnect from them a little bit we have to be here doing the actions and not second guessing or letting the enormity of what we want scare us off. Very rarely do I think about my book launch party or my cottage in a field of flowers or the months I'll spend in the south of France. And sometimes I do think about those things to keep myself connected to why I'm working and not just like lying down instead of doing that work. But mostly I think about what I need to do this week and the next launch and this quarter because I know as long as I keep doing that I will find myself eventually doing the very same things only from a field in Provence without realizing I'd even got there. So the next what is not question The next point that I received in the box on Instagram simply said, being open to transforming and reinventing yourself. And this is interesting. I always find the ones without any context, like the submissions without any context, really intriguing because so much is unsaid. And I quite often sort of receive them in my body as a kind of like, how uh, basic, almost, desperate expression of want that belies what I am certain is a really busily overthinking mind over there. And the first thing that I'd say is that you are open. You've howled this across the internet to me. You are actually following me and at least somewhat engaging with what I say. You are open. You're just not as open as you would like to be. Therefore, something or things are preventing your opening. You are pushing against the door, but it is blocked on the other side. Implicit in the statement you sent is a kind of hint of self-blame, as if you are seeing your lack of openness as something you need to fix and that you feel you should simply be able to push hard enough against the door to get it open. But how about you stop pushing and peer through the keyhole to what's on the other side? There could be any number of fears and beliefs blocking the door and I could spend all day going through a very detailed list and still not hit on your exact combination. This is your journey to figure out what's blocking you. Notice the unquestioned stories you tell yourself. Notice who you feel resentful of. Notice what reasons you give for not doing something or for doing something. Notice discomfort and notice ease in your body and the conditions that they appear in. The more you start to understand it, the more the door gives a little way and the more you can see what's on the other side. And the more you see what's on the other side, the more you start to change and strengthen and the more the door will open. This isn't one of those kind of like mid-2000s makeover shows. This isn't a few days with Got Kwan and then you're reinvented at a transformed person. Think about how long it takes to invent something. It doesn't happen in one sitting, it happens across prototypes and happy accidents and big mistakes and periods of nothingness. You are open enough. Everything else is conditioning and stories and untruths. Be brave, look through the keyhole. Next we have from somebody who said, can you talk about how hard the in-between is and He said they were setting up a new foundation and it was slow and there was no money. And so the in-between is hard. It might actually be the hardest bit. Starting is scary and there's so much unknown, but there's also the excitement of possibility and the pleasure of doing something new. Finishing can be rife with perfectionism and anxiety but you also kind of get the brain chemistry hits from completion and the satisfaction of your finished thing. But the middle is nothing but treasury. It's not novel anymore. The excitement has worn off and now it's just like normal and it's effortful and things go wrong and it's endless. I think this is why so many of us go after like new projects to get The dopamine hit and distract us from the discomfort of this middle bit. When I made my course Do Your Thing, I made it in three parts, which was start, continue, and finish your thing, because definitely carrying on and continuing is really hard. This is the part where... Your belief is most tested and the part where you need it the most. This is the part where you need more money than you have and you're not sure if and when more is going to come in. This is the part where your attention starts to stray. This is the part when support starts to wane. This is the part where you need to keep going. Even when you don't believe it's going to happen, even when you're under-resourced, even when you feel all alone, all you can do is the next thing on the list. Don't give yourself choices. Don't give yourself time to overthink or leave a door open for doubt. Just do the next thing and the next thing and plod through the miles and only then stop to look at the view. Next is, can you talk more about work in life? Mine feels very work consuming life right now This is making it very hard to get to where I want to be without feeling burnout." And I don't know whether this sounds a bit wanky, but I think that I see work in life as a guiding principle rather than a standard to achieve. It is a reminder that there is only your life and work is something that must fit inside it at a size and importance That you decide alongside everything else you want in your life. Work is not an equally sized bucket that sits next to the bucket of your life. We may not ever have the compartments of our life existing in the ratio we want them to. Sometimes work will get a little bigger or sometimes it will shrink really small, sometimes family will unexpectedly take over, sometimes health will quickly expand and then contract. For me, the point of work in life is to keep remembering that there is this one life, no matter how much the world wants to give work equal prominence, and to make my decisions about you know whether to go for a walk, whether to visit friends from that place, which... I'm sure you're listening to thinking, well, that's great for you, but I am in a hole over here. the thing that no one wants to hear is that these things that are worth doing take time and incremental steps. It's not very glamorous. We want to arrive at the life we want and we kind of want to run through the finishing tape and we want there to be banners and we want there to be welcoming committees. But the reality is that you just start living it a little bit at a time until one day maybe you notice, maybe you look around and you think, oh, this is it, I'm here. Or maybe you just don't notice at all. You are in a tunnel and sometimes you see the blinking of light at the end and sometimes it is just dark. We don't have the technology yet teleport you to the end of the tunnel. I'm afraid you have to get there yourself and keep walking forwards even when you can't see the light and even when it feels safer to maybe stay in the tunnel and take on extra work because you'll never get to the end anyway. What makes this easier is a map and a timeline. So in my course mapping one of the worksheets is to make what I call a time pipeline. So that's all the commitments you have to meet, the weeks or the months it will take to complete current projects, and the milestones of freeing up your time and space. So this isn't necessarily going to make your time in the tunnel go quicker, although through doing your time pipeline, you may see things that you can cut out that perhaps you hadn't considered, but it does help you to see your way out and to feel in control and to create some momentum. And seeing as you're going to be in this tunnel for a while, why not make it nice? Rather than spend this period of your life scared and worried and out of control, why not make a cozy den in the tunnel where you drink hot chocolate and light a candle? You are likely experiencing a lot of stress right now, so it's it's important to soothe your body and to look after yourself as much as possible. Start practicing for the life you want to live by doing little things that feel like it and that can be as small as reading two pages of a book a week. Maybe it's walking to the end of your road every day. Maybe it's jotting down notes for a future project. I suppose what I'm saying is don't pin all your hopes on the light at the end of the tunnel. Be your own light. Okay and this is our final question today and it is how do you keep yourself within boundaries you've set and resist the new and shiny things? And this is an important and pertinent one. I think we can very easily find the reasons and excuses to abandon our plans and fly after the new shiny things. We can tell ourselves that You know, this is the point of working for ourselves. This is the very definition of freedom. It's innate in us as creatives and we must follow what's flowing. And we can build a really good case that way, but we can also build a really long impossible to-do list. And when we are constantly picking up new projects, we're not completing anything, which erodes our confidence in our own competence. A metaphor I've often used with clients in the past is that you're running up and down the side of the road, not knowing why you're still not on the other side. I am someone who is susceptible to the new and shiny, or at least to the wanting to do it all. And most recently, this has taken form in Substack, which is, if you don't know, a paid kind of email platform for writers. And for a few months, I've been kind of umming and ahhing about Substack and about how that might fit within my business model and do I wanna commit to a subscription and on and on. And so I turned my focus to building out and launching the cabin and short course offerings. And then obviously the Substack idea clicked where I thought, well, I can use Substack as a place to put my kind of more literary content, the less self-helpy stuff. And the point of that would be to prove to kind of agents and publishers that there is demand and audience for that kind of work. And so that was how Substack was gonna make sense within my business and my content model. So then of course, I turned my attention to reading all of the setup guides on Substack's website and like signing up to other people's lists and just basically devoting all my energy to it. This was around the time I was working on the third part of the Evolution of My Work series and during that episode I talk about where my work is going and so I began to feel very stressed about getting everything ready for that episode. So I wanted to like get my website restructured, I wanted to get the cabin sales page live and I also wanted a fully functioning Substack. It was like I had this like wobbling tower of plates all stacked on top of each other. Plates that I really wanted and it was taking everything I had just to kind of keep them stacked and I wasn't doing anything with it, any of them. I am lucky to have a person in my life that I can talk this all through with. And so as I was writing out texts to her about everything that I like had to do before Friday, I managed to catch myself and think, do I? Do I have to do all this right now? So rather than keep the plates in the stack, I took each one and I laid them out one after the other on a long table. I couldn't look at them all at once on this table, but I knew that I would get to each one in time. I prioritized. And the prioritization actually was easy because financially a $5 a month substack was not going to bring in the income I needed at this moment in time, like a program launch would. The main driver for prioritizing isn't always going to be money, but that was the reality of the situation I was in. So I put Substack off till the autumn when hopefully my finances would be a little more stable and I'd have the space to devote to a more creative project with a longer term goal. I think the key to resisting the new and shiny is to not resist it. To not make it a tantalising forbidden thing that is all you can think about. I haven't banished Substack from my mind. I still kind of get the emails from them and I look things up now and then, but rather go from there to action, I just say, not yet. It's like a pressure valve in my head. I'm releasing a little bit of steam so that the temptation doesn't boil over. And then I stay within the boundaries of my current projects because I have a strong why for them. And actually, because it feels so much better. It feels good to have one project to devote myself to and it feels good to know there will be another substack shaped project to devote myself to after that and that's it for today any links that i mentioned will be on my website at simpleandseason.com and if you enjoyed this then you will definitely really like the first step which you can find on my website as well and if you're intrigued about the cabin you can find that at simpleandseason.com forward slash the cabin if you have a friend who you think would really enjoy this episode then please do send them the link and also please do share online too and until next time i hope you go with soul